All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, hammer What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, Toyset. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Woodward's Filmcast, uh, the Detroit film podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. Um, I am Kale Davidoff. I am here as I am every week with my friends. Mitch Haba. And Colin Ward. Every week we get together having seen the same movie to talk in depth about it, as well as discuss some movie headlines and give some video on demand recommendations. Uh, this week is a fantastic show. <laughs> no one's ever made that joke this week. Uh, we will be reviewing uh, Fantastic Four, the, the movie uh, that, that was uh, highly anticipated a while ago and then had a very weird uh, press release situation and then... Um, even stranger reviews and, and box office draws over the weekend. So we'll get really in-depth to that. We'll see what the three of us thought about the new Fantastic Four movie by Josh Trank and 20th Century Fox. But first, we start off every show with some movie headlines. Um, this is a Detroit film podcast, and we like to uh, throw in as much Detroit film news as we can. And, you know, we were worried that perhaps this year there, there would be less and less of it as the year goes on because of the uh, dissolution of the Michigan... Um, film tax incentive, but there are still a couple movies that are that have taken advantage of those incentives and, and are shooting here currently. Uh, both press released this week that to announce that they are indeed shooting here. Um, the first is a, a low budget independent film called North, with Patrick Schwarzenegger. Mm. Have you guys heard of this? Uh, I read a little thing about it. Um, I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger had a son, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> is he, it's uh, is he still with Miley Cyrus? Was Patrick Schwarzenegger? Was yes. Well, I, I should know. To Come be on, Kale. What, what about Liam? LOL. He, oh, I don't even want to unpack <laughs> that. I don't want to tell you what I know when I work with her. But, um, okay, I don't know if, uh, if if Patrick, maybe that's why he came here, you think? Maybe Miley was like, I love my time in Detroit. She talks like that. That's and, uh, nailed it. And, I'm sure she does, yeah. And, you know, Patrick, you should go. Is that true? I don't. Now I feel like an idiot. That they were together? Yeah. Or, yeah, there were rumors of them being yeah. together. There was pictures of them. Does, does uh, Patrick have a uh, an accent? Does anyone know? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. No. Grew up in U.S. All right, do your Maybe best. Maybe a California Best Arnold. I'm doing my best Arnold. That's pretty good. That's really good. I'm yeah. not following that. <laughs> oh, oh, Patrick. That's <laughs> vaguely Japanese. <laughs> What are you doing? This sounds <laughs> a lot like you're doing a Japanese accent. Okay. Um, yeah, Austria. This is the list of uh, accents I can't do. Anyways, Patrick Schwarzenegger and company, thanks for bringing your show to uh, to Michigan. It's good to we have something shooting here. Also, in, in slightly bigger uh, film budget budgeted projects, uh, the, the new movie Looking for Alaska is going to film here. This is a... Um, another John it's a John Green. Green book yeah it's a Fault in Our Stars and uh, Paper Towns which is out right now right or is it yes. coming out yes. so, yeah. it is out. and yeah. um, so you know that's a, that's a big movie um, and I, they'll be shooting I think most of it here it says here in the free press and uh, yeah I mean it's, a, it's basically it's the last hurrah for the film incentive as it is, as it is now um, and um, yeah you know that I think you can look for that that's going to be probably a big movie I mean there's such a draw for this kind of film right now especially John Green books so yeah. um, I think we should all be proud that they are filming here and uh, to everyone who is uh, happily employed and not leaving yet thank you thank you thank people. you we look forward to we looking for Alaska uh, <laughs> you're not, just full of puns today I, yeah yeah wow, just, you're super funny um, all the wordplay there was a lot of there was a there was a ton of uh, film news this week um mm -hmm. I guess on the heels of this new HBO miniseries that begins uh, this this uh, Sunday, as we record the show, "Show Me a Hero" is the new David Simon thing with uh, Oscar Isaac's in it. Um, you guys, are you guys excited for this? Are you pumped for this? Paul Haggis uh, also wrote and or, and directs and, and is directing it, and I think he's been doing a lot of press stuff lately. And uh, Colin, you you saw that he said. 
he mentioned in an interview that he uh, didn't think Crash, his film from 2005, should have won Best Picture. Yeah, um, he's finally coming around with everyone <laughs> on that opinion. Yeah. No, did you, I don't know if you have it open or anything, but did he say? I mean, was it like this movie should have won instead? No, or? no, he was. He said there was so much. Ta- there was so many like other projects that year that he thought were better. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, I think that I think that most people do agree. Yeah. Um, I but, also think though that there's a little bit of. I think that he's a good. He seems like a gentleman to me, anyways through other interviews and stuff. So it could be just, you know, a lot of people would be like, I don't deserve to win this Oscar. You know, a lot of times people say that in their acceptance speech, right? They'll go up there and say, you know, oh, you know, I I can't believe I won this. There's so many talented people here. Um, But do you guys guys think you're you're reading into it as that wasn't maybe even his best effort? Maybe. (laughs) And he doesn't think that it deserved to win. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could have gone about it differently. The way he said it was just kind of, kind of straightforward like i don't think it should have won instead of saying um thank you this you know it's a great honor there are just so many others that also deserved it also deserved it not deserved it. yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you said something along the lines of too like semantics there were other movies that you know he felt struck more of a core and for some reason uh, people thought his movie struck more of a core, which I, he disagreed with. So yeah. I thought broke, that was the year Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, right? Brokeback and Munich. Brokeback Mountain, they were pretty sure was going to win. And Capote was that year too. Mm-hmm. And Good Night and Good Luck. It was a really great year. And Crash was, I think the the, the least. It was the reader like, of the group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows what. But yeah. it will happen that year. Well, you know, I don't I, understand it either. I, I think that that might be a that whole movie in general might be a thing of it was a very specific time and place um, where that movie felt right. And I think you get that a lot with Oscars. They, yeah. they it's more of like a "what have you done for me lately" mentality instead of having the foresight to be like, "Is this movie going to age well?" And I think that as time has gone on, that movie has has not aged well at all. I mean, that kind of style of movie has really become cliche and to a point where, like, retroactively, I think we watch it and we hate it. That ensemble, like, you know... Like Babel. Yeah, like, you know, these one story, like a a million stories collide into one kind of thing and, like... You know, it's also it's also just we also live in a time and we grew up kind of being educated to think differently about how race is dealt with in films, I -hmm. think. And I, I think that, that also skews our opinion on that film in general. In the terms of, like, that movie is very, like... On the nose. <laughs> it's very on the nose. It's very, like... The, it's not very, quote-unquote, black and white in a yeah. lot of ways. And it's, it's also, not like... not very smart, either. It's just, like... I don't think. I think it's just come straight out with it. Like, you have these cliche racist characters that, mm-hmm. you know... I mean, sure, they exist, but they're almost comical. They're, like, caricatures of That's, yeah. Of I mean, I, I always thought that with Matt Dillon's character in that movie. Like, some of yeah. the shit he says is, like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a black person right there. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's not that I would say that. It's yeah. just I can't believe that anyone would actually like yeah. you know in his situation. Right? It's not Mississippi. They're yeah, like right. in the they're middle of LA. Yeah, it's like LA. It's, it's like what you know what what's going sure, on? Sure, there's racist people in LA. There's racist like, people everywhere. Yeah, right? but there, I there's the, yeah. It, there's a a fine line, and this movie crosses it completely <laughs> in terms of being a racist and being just like a white supremacist right. <laughs> and, and everybody's a white supremacist instead of just like a you know uh, i don't know kind of kind of racist um it brings you to me my my biggest point of that movie is that you know white people love watching that movie and go you know sometimes i'm racist but i'm not that racist <laughs> yeah. i'm not like them <laughs> yeah I, I always hate it's that. a scapegoat <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but i mean just purely i mean for me too like that yeah, I have a lot of the same issues as you guys were talking about, but just craft-wise too. I mean, it's a pretty. Boring, how do you like movie. compare like the craft of Crash, which doesn't look very great, to Munich, which is like a beautifully shot and yeah. orchestrated film? Right. Good night and good, good luck. night and good yeah. luck. Amazing. Capote, even Capote, even, right. and even and Mountain. Back Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Western. It looks just amazing. Right. Not they're just to me. Crash is just not even in the same yeah. league as those right. other movies. Yeah. But I, I beg the question, though, to you guys. There are people out there that are probably huge fans of this film. Of course. Would you would you be upset if a director came out of a film that you love that did win Best Picture and he or she said, you know what, 
I don't think that that deserved to win that year. Would you be upset about it? I mean, I feel like I kind of always don't. Sometimes I don't like when directors come out and say, that was me from a different time. I don't even like that film or something along those lines. You know, Spielberg kind of dances with that with a few movies. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but you know, people love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you did something great. I think that it wouldn't bother me, though, because it's like if I love it, then what does it matter if the director doesn't love it? I mean, the, the film is the film. Right. The yeah. film is what it is, and I like the film. If the director doesn't like it, well, that's him. You know? Yeah, it is. And I mean, ultimately, he has not had another film remotely as successful critically or commercially. No, no, no. no. So he, it's like kind of weird to say he did. That. Uh, he did jump in on Casino Royale to finish writing it, which was always kind of like, I don't, you know, the narrative there is he made it better. Mm-hmm. And he made it what that movie is now. I mean, I don't know if that's really true. We'll never really well, know. Even, it's hard to it's hard to know where rewrites come yeah. in and actually. And you know, mm-hmm. I think Fantastic Four is a good example of you uh-huh. know figuring out movies where you try to figure out where did that third writer come in and actually do things for it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very excited for this uh, HBO show. Show me a hero. I'm, I'm very very pumped for it. It's a mini series, not a show. So yeah, there's a lot um, of good talents. Right yeah, there. I mean, yeah. it's I don't know. I can't wait. So, Paul Haggis, Haggis, whatever your name is, um, you know, all, more power to you when you, when you, if you, if you don't think it should have won, it's great, but you still did win a Best Picture, so that's kind of cool. Um, also in uh, in news, uh, it seems like there's been like these rumors that Beetlejuice Two is going to happen, and it seems like it's it's basically for sure at this point because Winona Ryder came out today and said that she's going to be in it. So it is, or not today, this week, and it's going to happen. Um, it's reboot nation here, and uh, why not? You know, why would not? Would it be a reboot or a sequel? No, it's a sequel. Well, I know, it's but... still Tim Burton apparently, and Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder. Yes, I know. But if you look at the Vanity Fair magazine over there about Star Wars, which is also a sequel, it's, it's reboots. The big word on the front there. People it's love a, that word. It's a reboot in style. You're right. Sequel. Right. <laughs> Now, Which I guess, yeah. Mitch, you haven't seen the original. No, I haven't. Um, I Colin, haven't. you have. I yes. have. Yeah. Um, did so. you? Did you? Did you grow up being like? I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I think I was young and just kind of. It's a great movie. Yeah, I, I think know. I was too young to like. Yeah. Want to see it? And maybe yeah. it was scary to me. I don't know. And I, I was never scared got, of it when I was never younger. Got around to it. Yeah. So. Um, There's a lot of really, I mean, with Tim Burton, of course, but like really creepy and like smart symbolism and just like costume and makeup choices in that movie oh, yeah, that yeah. are really great. I, yeah. I, I love that movie. And I mean, not to mention the, the dinner table scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so classic. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, they got up their sleeves, uh, this time around. Um, but it's good to see that the original cast is coming back. I mean, that's like huge. I think it's Gina Davies attached. I don't know. And I don't know if, um, <laughs> I don't. I, no, I'm not, I don't think she. Is. I don't think she is. <laughs> um, there were uh, a few trailers this week, but the one that really caught my eyes was, I think, released today, and that's the Hateful Eight trailer. We've been kind of talking about this throughout the year and throughout the course of this podcast. Um, you know, the 70 millimeter th- production of this film. They're going to show it on 70 millimeter in select theaters. Um, it is the eighth. Uh, movie by Quentin Tarantino, which I don't even—I didn't realize that till I saw the trailer. Like, I didn't put that together. I think that's. Do you think he was like very intentionally making this? Eight. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. But I uh, believe it's only been eight films. Right? Yeah, I know. It's yeah. Uh, well, that's why he takes they're, his time. But yeah, they're all good. You know, yeah. he's not just rubbing one out every year. Yikes. Um, <laughs> 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 so, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the trailer? Are you uh, are you are you exponentially more excited than you were before the trailer was released? Uh, about the same. I mean, the trailer gives us just a basic um, outline of what it's about, which you know, bounty hunter has somebody who's going to turn him in uh, a woman, and seven other people or eight other people or seven other people are around him who are also bounty hunters. So it's like. I don't know where it's going to go. It doesn't really say what they're going to do. But it seems like a lot of it takes place in that cabin, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It might be dialogue heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, That's yeah. what it did, it did, really yeah. I Yeah. That was the one thing I took from it was that it seems kind of low, centrally located. Yep. Which could be deceptive from the trailer, but Maybe. it did seem like that. But I'm super excited for 
the cinematography and the scenery, um, especially on 70 millimeter, any mm-hmm. Western shot on 70 millimeter, like whenever I see things, it's like um, Stagecoach or How the West Was One is going to be released on this and Cinemascope at this theater on this weekend. I'm like, oh, I wish I could go. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. Now you're getting but a no, Western. Nothing ever comes to Detroit, yeah, right. but yeah, I wish I could go. Because um, that's the perfect format for it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it looks kind of funny too. The the part where he's explaining what's well, going yeah, on and yeah. the girl like goes woo. Right. <laughs> like, no, of course, it's got that. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Very Quentin dark humor. humor. Yeah. 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 Colin, what, are you, what about you? Are you exponentially excited, or are you at the same level? I've I've always been excited for this. It's definitely like one of the top three most yeah. anticipated movies of the year for me, and uh, it really confirmed what I already knew about it and what it was going to be about, and. You mean like plot-wise? Yeah, yeah. I knew it took place around these eight bounty hunters who get trapped in a snowstorm inside a cabin, and then mayhem ensues. And I, I was happy to see a lot of it taking place inside, mm-hmm. which does make me believe it's going to be dialogue-heavy, which is, you know, Tarantino's, like, bread and butter. <laughs> right, because, you know, I think that people like to tend to really talk about his editing, like the sound design and the and the cinematography that always goes with his film. But really at the core of it, it always is dialogue and acting, Absolutely. right? I mean, that's, you know. Dialogue, yeah. Which is usually, like, um, expounded upon through the the audio especially. I mean, I, I'm, I'm brought to mind uh, the, the whip scene in, uh, in Glorious Bastards where he's, like, putting the oh yeah, yeah the whip on the pie or whatever uh-huh. and he's talking to her mm-hmm. i mean it's just like great acting great dialogue great audio great cinema i mean it's just, it's just a great, good yeah. movie making yeah, yeah. That is a great um, film. and i when this movie was when the, like the script got leaked and he wasn't even gonna shoot it they did that was stupid. a stage table read for it yeah. which I mean, if you can stage table read like a script in front of an audience mm-hmm. that's how you know it's like pretty well like like, reliant on its dialogue and it got really favorable reviews from that and that's why they decided to actually make the movie that's that whole episode of him like freaking out because it got leaked it's like dude welcome to the 21st century that happens to every script like and just his like tantrum yeah i'm not gonna make it now it's like people read the script and they liked it like yeah yeah, but it is. It, I understand his frustration. I, I get it, but the, now you're just not going to make a movie right. about it. But obviously, that didn't pan out. So, that's that a frustrating thing for him. I saw someone tweet. You have to expect that, though. Right. As Quentin Tarantino. I mean, that's just welcome to who you are. Yeah, yeah. We, we get it. <laughs> we want to read your stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I saw a really funny tweet or Facebook post today about how uh, Kurt Russell is in consecutive movies. One was. Um, uh, Furious Seven and Hateful Eight, and they have nothing to do with each other, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. It's gonna be a fun Christmas with Star Wars and uh, and and Hateful Eight coming out. I think we'll, briefly, I just want to say the Entertainment Weekly story is out this week about Star Wars and the new pictures were released, and uh, it looks cool as ever. I mean, it's like every time I see a new image from this movie, it's just it's like it's awesome. Exciting. Even just three PO and R two standing there is just like, oh, that's really well lit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. like awesome. I don't even, know. So, yeah, even that stormtrooper, uh, Captain Phasma, the woman from that's the the silver stormtrooper. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Um, the the woman from Game of Thrones. Brienne what's her name? Of Tarth. Yeah, Wend- I forget. Gwendolyn Christie. Christie. Yeah. yeah. So that, she looks fantastic with the ph because her name's phasma she did it, she is aw- i mean it just looks so cool i, I can't wait she for looks that. fat I'm like, like, <laughs> I'm like i'm like rude i'm like i'm like i'm like yeah phat no um i am like so excited for that character all of a sudden i don't know that there's that it's shot that they have in the entertainment mm-hmm. weekly is just awesome like yeah i don't know it's great Very, so like scratched up yeah compared to the last time great. like in the trailer when we saw the image of her or the, the yeah, it was, it was it was like shiny. Shiny. Blue. This one looked a little more tough. Yeah, so uh, that happened. Also, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. I, I like. It's like I'm pumped to the point where like I don't know what to do. Well, I like, heard that they weren't going to really... release. Anymore. So there's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. D twenty three, the like Disney stockholder event this weekend. Um, they're not. They announced they're not showing any new footage. I'm kind of happy. About I am it. too. I, th- yeah. I think yes. that they just shouldn't release a new trailer. I think the last trailer pumped us up enough that. 
Well, they'll, they'll they have to release a new trailer. They I mean, they have to have a to. November. No, they have to because like, I think I think there's no we don't know anything about the story yet. Still, you know, we need a we need a. But maybe that's what's going to make it interesting. Yeah, like but, they don't tell but, us about but you, anything. But you need like, a narrative trailer. I mean, just from a marketing standpoint, you need to like get people really really excited. There will be one probably in November. The way I see it is just like everybody's going to see it anyway. Anybody who wants to see it is going to see it anyway. Yeah. So why release a narrative trailer? Yeah, no, well, it's, but it, maybe they won't. Who knows? I hope I hope That'd they don't. Be I it would be, be an interesting marketing it'd be, strategy. It'd be good to go in not knowing what kind of story you're going to get. Right. And just be surprised. Like, Which is, I'm, I'm trying the hardest strap to do in. that. Because when I saw episode three, I had already seen like half the movie through leaked stuff. So <laughs> I'm trying so hard to not look at just all the things that are coming out. something is really... No! I know. Um, I want to touch on this real quick because I think it sucks. Um, this movie, Mas- this Kristen Wiig, uh, Zach Galifianakis movie, Masterminds, is... Uh, not happening at this, at this point. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's so weird. Because Relativity, Relativity Media, yes. is that correct? They are uh, filing for bankruptcy, I guess. And I guess you would think that part of that would mean you got to put a movie out there and make some money, but Which I guess... You I, you got know, all these but, but, you know, yeah. d- but distributing a movie does cost money and all this stuff, and I don't know. It looked like a great movie. I thought I was really excited for it. Um, Do you think it's uh, possible for, like, another company to buy it yeah and I, I, it? I do think that that's probably possible because i mean it's you, not easy but i think that that can happen and it might or it. you know eventually there might be this push to like get it released from uh, you know online campaigns and stuff which you know the kind of like the the interview or something yeah. the way that happened that's but. just it's just so weird that they don't there's a trailer for it and it's funny and why don't they just throw it up on iTunes and like if people buy it, you're making some money off of it? Yeah, that's what or I don't understand. Sell it to Netflix. I, I and, guess I don't know. You get maybe they're not done. I don't know. Maybe there's pieces missing to this film that they people maybe seen it. Oh really? Yeah, there was like it was set re- to release this month. There, I thought. Yeah, there was re- reviews on uh, Metacritic for it too. Hmm. I was pretty sure that they were done and they were ready to release it within the next month or two, mm-hmm. and now it's like. I guess not. <laughs> well, then you know it'll Which it'll is come confusing, out. That, that, it sounds to me like it'll come out eventually. Yeah. But that just seems like the opposite thing you want to do when you're fi- when you're filing for bankruptcy. The one thing that can make you, you money. Then, yeah, it's weird. Nah, I don't need it. Especially when you have Kristen Wiig, Zach Galifianakis, like bankable people. A lot of Owen people Wilson, are, Wilson, yeah. Owen Wilson. Yeah, a lot of people who are funny and it looks like a goofy like plot and characters. Right. It, I'll never know. Sometimes I'll never understand this industry. <laughs> no, it's a weird industry. Um, the, you know, one of the things that I don't, I've been mentioned this before, but one of the things William Goldman, screenwriter, always says in his books is that you, you, when you start to make a movie, you no one knows anything. No one can ever give you a script and say this is going to do well. I know for a fact this movie is going to do well, and which I think segues into the film that we're talking about this week um fantastic four because this is really part of news um to me is that the, it did, the movie did terrible over the weekend they're estimating that fox is going to lose upwards to six mil- 60 million dollars um on this project um you know we, we live in a in a day and age where like you you put again it's not a marvel production company property it's a marvel comics property but you put that you know I actually heard Josh Trank talking about this, that it's it's no longer an industry about stars, it's about brands, it's about Marvel. You put Marvel on the marquee and everyone goes and sees the movie, mm-hmm. but this is like kind of the first big superhero bomb in a long time. Um, so it's, it's just kind of fascinating. So let's get into uh, Fantastic Four, the That's movie that came out this week that uh, is just not making any money. Um, directed by Josh Trank, who did... <laughs> Chronicle and who was slated to do a uh, Star Wars movie, but on the heels of, of this production, uh, he either parted, depends who you're talking to, but he either parted away with Lucasfilm or Lucasfilm parted away with him. But um, the movie came out this week, and there was this weird, I think we should talk about this, there was this weird, like, um, marketing thing for them where they had what they were calling a critic embargo which they weren't letting critics watch the movie before it was released to review it. It's very strange, which I think on the outset probably hurt them a lot because I think, I think a lot of critics went into this being like, we're going to kill this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to tear this apart. And I think 
having seen the film and see, having seen it four days after all this bad criticism came out about it and all this bad press came out about it, I think that really, really hurt the film. It was a bad idea. I don't know who thought that that would be a good idea. Um, because when I saw the film, I didn't think it was that bad. I, 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 was, I remember being about an hour into it and being like, this is great. <laughs> And then I was an hour and a half into it with 10 minutes left, and I was like, okay, it's not that good, <laughs> yeah. but it's not that bad. It's not, it is yeah, not, it's not, it's not a terrible movie. Bad. And my last initial thoughts of this is I just want to point out, I saw this on Monday afternoon um, in Madison Heights. There was probably eight people in my theater. Um, <laughs> everyone but me clapped at the end of this movie. In my, my theater, too. Everyone and I had clapped. Like tw- I had 20 in my theater, and people were clapping. It can't be that bad of a film if someone is watching it and they're clapping at the end of that's it you don't even weird. get that in most movies that's weird clap even for this movie mm-hmm. clapping like i mean they were completely confused by just how rushed it felt at the end like oh what it's the ending i guess yeah. um, <laughs> so those are my initial thoughts which yeah. is, my initial is that it's not great but it's not that bad yeah mitch i mean you think it's rushed obviously yeah. and we'll talk about that but it's, what are your I mean, what were your initial thoughts walking out of that theater? It was like two movies in one. It's a tale of two films. One that is interesting and dark and kind of like a horror movie in like the vein of Cronenberg. And, yep. um, and then about two-thirds yeah. two of the way through with it, or halfway through it starts to fall apart, and then two-thirds of the way through with it, it becomes a dumb, cliche, lame, stupid punch him up yeah and with barely any punches yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> with like four punches yeah and you know it, it becomes like a military industrial complex plot again yeah nobody right. and it didn't seem to be going that way no nope, at, at all and i don't know how to just i don't you know it's like that first 60 percent of the film is good i mean aside from like some stupid dialogue and other moments where you're like but um, I enjoyed it. I was intrigued. Uh, I thought it was a different take on these characters that you know I'm not really familiar with, but I know they're corny and they're scientists. They're usually they're usually silly. Like they're silly. They're, they're definitely they're smart scientists. Right. That's what they are. They're they're not you know they're not the Avengers. Right. Um, and I found that to be interesting, and I liked it, and I liked the acting for the most part. And then you know that part is good is good okay to good i don't i wouldn't say it's great um but then it gets into the point that i mentioned where it just falls apart instantly and that part is so bad that it kind of ruins the rest of the film and i i just want to see i'm curious what went wrong i mean i can kind of guess what went wrong but i want to see what's missing because there's clearly a chunk of like 20 minutes in there that is completely missing from Mm -hmm. the second act yeah no that's obvious to me yeah yeah and a lot of stuff doesn't get explained. Um, there are holes. And then it's like, I feel like, dude, I said before, I was like, well, at least it's only an hour and 46 minutes. And like, well, maybe if it was two hours yeah. and 10 minutes, we yeah. would have I would a little love, more right, build up to right, this. Right. Yeah. Calm over your thoughts. Uh, I put off seeing this movie for as long as possible because of the reviews. And I, I went into a, I don't know anything about Fantastic Four. I've never seen the movies before. Oh, you never don't, seen the first two? No, nope, okay. don't know anything. I've never the saw them either. So I just know they're corny. Really? You guys have never seen the first two? Nope. Yeah. I've not. I think you guys should go watch them. It'd be interesting to see what you think. But go ahead. And so I, and after seeing all the critic reviews, I was expecting that Satan arose and smeared shit on some celluloid and started <laughs> screening it. <laughs> That really you would really think that that's what happened. Honestly, the reviews were so bad. Colin, that's Stan Brackage. You're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But I mean, like Peter Travers from Rolling Stone gave it zero stars. Like that. And then so after. So I don't have any expectation going into this. And like you guys said, I'm an hour into this movie and was like, "All right, like I'm okay. This is this is kind of cool. Like it's." a new take on on this what they were saying about the importance of science and teaching science and recognizing science is awesome and that's something that's definitely lacking from 
education today. Right. I loved the scene where they were talking about everyone knows who Neil Armstrong is, but no mm-hmm. one knows who made the space shuttle. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved that. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. It's so it, just the first hour, like you guys said, it's, it's inner. I'm gonna, I want to say entertaining because it's really not funny at all, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's in, there's intrigue for the yeah. first 60 yeah. minutes. I mean, it, uh, and this may be because I'm unfamiliar with him, so I genuinely didn't know what anything was ha- like who these people are so i was interested to know about them and i think the movie does a fairly good job of setting up their characters but then like we guys said it i mean dr dugan comes on screen and i don't think it's any fault of the this guy's performance at all because i think we'll get into this i thought he was really great mm-hmm. yeah i thought everyone was good to be honest too. but once he comes on screen that Holy shit, that takes a nosedive. Right. <laughs> like, but but I think it takes a nosedive because it happens too quickly. Yes. It yeah. doesn't there's no build up to that moment. It's just like, oh, it's Dr. Doom. Oh shit, he's exploding people's heads <laughs> yeah. with his thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, that I was, was terrifying. Yeah. I, I, there were like, kids oh, in the theater. Shit. There were kids in the theater and I was like, oh shit. It got violent <laughs> real quick. Yeah. And even then, I was like, oh, this is really exciting. And I was like, okay, we're going to get into, like, maybe the le- the second half of the movie right now. I looked at my phone, and I go, we have 15 fucking minutes left. What the <laughs> so, shit is going to happen in 15 I, minutes? Yeah, I want to... I was like, oh, wait, this is the climax. <laughs> this is where you can tell that the, the film... there. You can tell that there is a different script than what we saw, for yeah. sure. Because And also, there's... They've been, people have been talking about this. There's scenes in the first trailer that aren't in this movie yeah, at yeah. all. Remember one of the one of my favorite shots, and, and people were like, "I got chills." That people were writing articles on this one shot of Michael B. Jordan. It, from, it, he's in a hallway. It's a dark hallway. He's 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 kneeling down to touch someone, and is and it just illuminates his his whole body just gets on fire. It looks really cool. Not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 hilarious to me because again. Through the sixteen and seventeen episodes of this podcast, I've been I've been constantly saying, "Man, I wish these movies were shorter." I've always been like, well, "These movies are so long." When we watched Slow West, I was like, "Yes, it's an hour and 20. We watched Inside Out. I'm like, "This is why the movie's great because it's it's quick and it's short." But this is a movie and a story that they established that takes a long time to develop. Really, my my first thought coming out of it was, "This would be a, this concept that Josh Trank had created would be a really good." Eight episode Netflix series, yes. like it would be so good. It's not a, it's not a good hour and a half movie. It can't be because the superheroes don't get their powers till sixty minutes in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where you know, we talk about the pace of it. It's quick, but like, you, you know, you can be looking at your watch and being like, well, wait a second, when did they become fantastic? I mean, they're not even superheroes yet. It's been an hour of the movie. Yeah, and I don't know that, that it was part of like. My my issue with that end too is like they get their powers. This you know, like you were saying, it's it's like it's almost horrific. The, the, and it would be right if you were. It if, was, if you realize a horrific scene. If you realize that you were all rock, you'd be like, holy shit! If you realize that you were on, you woke up, you were on fire. I mean, you would be freaking out. And I loved all that, but the problem was the one year later. Like yes. what? Yeah. No, I want to see them react to this. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to exactly. see them deal with this. Not that was where it really ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the doom stuff was bad poorly paced but like no you have such opportunity to get into the characters and then we don't even it's like you know a a year is a long time it's Mm -hmm. a long time and you assume that okay they just got used to it and that's boring because they set it up to be so interesting I want to see um uh you know Johnny Storm deal with being on fire I mean I want to see him mentally deal with that it would have been incredible and you don't really you get a taste of it that's it he's the he's he's like on a on a stretcher or on a operating table, like on fire, freaking out, and then the next time we see him, he's like flying around. He's flying. He's flying around. <laughs> the character does fly. Does fly. They, they don't around. explain that. And no. then he he um you know is turning being turned into a weapon, and uh, you know we don't get any sort of bond. We don't get those scenes where they're bonding and dealing with that stuff. And then, like I said, in the third act, when they're faced with defeating Doctor Doom, or when they're reunited. It's just like a hug and like a good to, good to see you. You're gone for a year. You left us. There's yeah. no like animosity or whatever. Yeah, it's very and then weird. and then they're like they have to think and plan to like get rid or kill Doctor Doom or stop him. And they're just like, we can do this together. Us. 
the four of us as a team, we've done this. And it's like, I have no clue. Like, this is the first time you've ever been together with your, your powers in your yes. current state. And <laughs> well, for sure, be- I mean, <laughs> Paul, I mean, you know, the thing, I mean, he's not even part of that group throughout most of the movie. Yeah. He's just um, a juggernaut a tank. W- yeah. Right. A war and, machine. Yeah. Yeah. And that, those, the, the like fighting we see of him on screen and stuff, like, he's very effective, you know, mach- you know, military machine. And that's like, more than half of the fighting we see in the entire movie for the most part. Like, and and that's another thing is like I, I actually I know that the general public would have freaked out about this. I would not have mind if there was no fight scene in this movie because it kind of convinces you 20 minutes into it that this is not about a traditional superhero yeah, movie. Yeah, it was like a sci-fi film. Yeah, it was like a sci-fi film. Yeah, I like, like that. And I would have liked that but they tried to have it both ways. Yeah. And, and this is where, you know, the speculation starts, right? Which is where you're like you assume that Josh Trank probably didn't want it to be a big too, battle yeah, at the end too thing. Too much fighting, no. And Fox was like, wait a second. You can't have a superhero movie without a big fight at the end. And they just kind of like stuck it there. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. What I read, um, this was on like the movie site that I like to scroll through and I'd see, see the movie news. And I, so I forget where this interview exactly came from. But I read that the original script had three main action set pieces in it and that allegedly the studio didn't want to spend that much money on these action scenes Mm. so they cut the action scenes it's the dumbest Uh, yeah and that's i mean i'm not complaining about something not have having an action scene like you said especially when it's like a movie that is this small but I mean, this movie is so small that, unfortunately, there isn't really any memorable scenes in it either. Except for when they explode. You mean memorable action scenes or scenes in general? Just in general, I would say. I mean, there wasn't, like, a standout scene for me. I think it's... the, The standout is, like, right after the thing explodes and they're, like they're turned into whatever they are after they come back yeah i liked that scene a i lot. like that like when know. he's crawling it's dark like there's blood all over and like he, he's just in peril and he sees his friend on fire he sees you know yeah, it's, it's not it's not yeah. pretty that, that stuck out in my mind and then like turning around to see his legs completely stretched out it's like oh whoa. um <laughs> that, yeah. that was that was intense and then you know escaping and crawling through like that stuff is really intense and i wish you know, like you said, I wish there was more after that to keep building on that that peril and that horror, but right. it's not what they wanted, I guess. I, I find a, I, I, I like kind of liken this to Man of Steel in the sense of like it's a it's a they're taking characters that are I think maybe this is why people hated this movie. They're taking characters that are usually light, fun, and um, very unrealistic. And they're trying to make it super hyper realistic and really dark, mm-hmm. you know. And they're changing the mythos because of that. I don't know if you guys are. I mean, they don't usually go to a different dimension in Fantastic Four comics. They go to space. Yeah, and that's how this happens. Um, you know. And I think people were kind of fans were freaked out about that. And I don't know. I think it's the same thing. It's you're taking iconic things and changing them. Because I'm trying to figure out though. I mean, we can sit here and talk about how bad it is, but there really was a lot of good in this movie. And I'm just trying to figure out why everyone thought it was so bad. I have a theory. I I think it's just, well, I think critics are really destroying it because it's not a complete movie, (laughs) you know? But I mean, unfortunately, as critics, we have to judge what is given to us. Yeah. And this is what was given to us. But like, well, if you were a critic out of five stars, what would you give it? Two and a half. Three. I mean, oh, I wouldn't give it three stars. Why? Because it's not complete. You're missing yeah. a, a major chunk that builds our our story and builds our characters, and then it just ends abruptly. It doesn't. It didn't pay off. But like, at all. I, I, but it begs the question. Like, this is what I'm talking about. It begs the question: What is a two star movie, and what's a one star movie? Because you, there's so much to a movie, and like part of it, yes, is pacing and, and story and stuff, but yeah. there are still great... Th- I thought the design, aside from Doom, I hated the way Doom looked. He looked like Rip Hamilton mask, like, <laughs> you know, 1990s Schumacher bad, Batman bad guy looking. He looked really cheap. 
He looked like cheap. I'm really? sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like the it. way Doom looked. But other than that, I thought the design was awesome. I thought the acting was good. I I don't. You have a lot of problem with the dialogue. I get the fantastic thing at the end is cheesy, but like I loved a lot of the dialogue and the characters. I love that. I love that Johnny and Sue are brother and sister and they don't make it weird and it's actually very interesting i mean if you listen to the kevin smith interview with josh trank they talk a lot about adoption how you know adopted characters in movies are typically either they turn out to be bad guys like loki or they're like luke who hate their they don't really like their step parents and are looking they're spending their whole lives looking for their real parents in this movie you know sue storm has this like joy of being adopted Johnny says to her, you know, basically when they're talking about their relationship with their father, he says, you know, it's different with you. He chose you. I thought that was so interesting. I mean, there's a lot of good in this movie. So for me, and it comes back to what is a two star movie? Because you you look at if you start juxtap if you start pairing this up with other movies that have been rated on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, it just boggles my mind. I'm look, LOL. Have you guys seen this movie? This Miley Cyrus movie? Have you no, seen it? I no. worked on it. It's not good. It's really bad. You should watch it. It's got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fantastic Four has 8%. Yeah. Well, the, Batman, I, I Batman and Robin has an 11%. This movie has 8%. Um, this movie is not worse than Batman and Robin. You know, Geely is <laughs> 6%, and this movie is 8%. Are they that close to being bad? It's, you know, that's what, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's I like, think, I would give it 3 out of 5 yeah. stars. To be I think that's with. the main reason why they that it's so bad is... Because even like even Geely has a structure that falls into like a storytelling format, whereas this, like I said, it completely. Misses I wouldn't. Something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. To be honest with you, I, I, I mean, it's just right. like your basic romantic comedy, but it's bad, poorly acted, bad dialogue, etc. This isn't doesn't feel like a complete movie to me. So it doesn't. I think that's why it's rated so badly because it's like we didn't get we jumped around so much it doesn't feel like a story yeah. we didn't we didn't engage with our characters we didn't like actually feel for them in that final battle we didn't feel any sort of danger at all because we didn't see them work together we don't we don't really know the stakes we only we just learned the stakes uh, like a minute ago and we know they're going to come out of it they, we haven't seen them like almost die you know earlier on so yeah and it's unfortunate that <clears throat> I mean, and the reviews I read of it were so harsh on the director when before this movie comes out, you hear all this like bad publicity that was let out. So I think you all you also go into it with that bad publicity in mind. And right. like, I was like, oh, the studio was telling me that this this was like really bad and really poorly handled. Like, of course, you're going to go into it without it like without one not wanting to like like it i mean you have the studio every week releasing a statement like how awful their director was well which is also, like so unfair also did you see what josh trank posted on twitter on friday and deleted yeah he yeah. said a year ago i had a cut of this movie you guys would have loved yeah and that it does break my heart because yeah. it's like people are just going around like oh josh trank you piece of shit marvel yeah. needs to buy this stuff back up because there's never going to be a good fantastic four movie and again don't make a sequel this is crap why is johnny storm black you guys are terrible you're ruining the mythos it's like guys <laughs> i don't believe i don't believe that josh trank is solely responsible for how bad this is i Agreed. i put the blame on fox He's and the okay. studios. yeah and josh trank i mean if he had had his way, it would have been different and probably not what Fox wanted, but it probably would have been a more uh, cohesive and complete film. Um, with a stylist. Yeah, with, with a, a style. I mean, yeah. the dialogue to me may have not been the best, but that I can usually look past that if the story intrigues me. Yeah, I agree. And th that's what I was hoping for. You know, we're never going to see that. So well, we might. I think we will actually. I have a feeling. I'm very interested interested to see if a director's cut comes out. They they have nothing to lose unless except for pride, right? 20th Century Fox might have some pride in the situation, but 
um, you know, they don't have any pride right now. But <laughs> I, I will say, I will say that is is Josh Trank fully responsible for why this movie is not as good as it could have been? No. But unfortunately, we live in an auteur theory world where, you know, in the same vein as Brad Osmus, he is not fully responsible, but he is accountable. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. if you're the director, you ultimately at the, at the end of the day, um, film points to one person as responsible for whether or not or accountable for whether or not the movie is good or bad. So, uh, you know, they, they say they're going forward with a sequel here. We'll see if that actually happens. You know, they said the same thing with The Amazing Spider-Man. They said they're going to do a third one um, and a fourth one. And then they sold it to Marvel. So you know, they if Fox is going to be losing out on sixty million dollars, you know, it might benefit them to to pair up with Marvel the same way Sony did with Spider Man. You know, I think there was also a lost opportunity here for Fox, which I thought they were going to do this for them to tie it into the very very successful critically and and box office uh x-men series that they revived Mm -hmm. a few years ago with matthew vaughn who was a part of this production as well i thought that was the plan i thought that was the plan too and you know what i thought i just thought would have been an amazing opportunity and moment for them would be to get rid of the militarization plot of this film they should have changed it to right when they realize these guys have powers they go someone from the government comes in and says wait a second we can use these guys to fight the mutants right that would have been really cool because then you're setting it up for a movie that you know you had then you have your fox has their versus movie right you know marvel has theirs with captain america and iron man dc has batman versus superman and then you set up for a fantastic four sequel where they're fighting x-men yeah. and that's amazing i mean that's like it would be fun and cool but, and like but the fantastic four characters are really intelligent and empathetic people it seems so i feel like they would they wouldn't be somebody who are against mutants. No, no, and I don't think they would. I, I have a whole. I mean, that would be think, that would be think, like the plot. Right, obviously. that would be the plot. Is they, they don't want to do this, but then Magneto comes in and he wants to fight. He wants them to join them in killing humans, right? And there you have the, then you have your whole universe set up, right? Between you've got Professor X and the Fantastic Four fighting, you know, Magneto and his mutants. Yeah, like and that's great. That's awesome. And then you could, you know, what I would have also done is have. I would have tried to make. I would try to somehow have made Doctor Doom not the, not the villain in this movie. Yes, but exactly. have him down the line, yep. right? Where they, you know, in the third Fantastic Four movie, they need to go back to this universe and they find him there. And it's, isn't he like the penultimate villain? Yeah, he's of, the Joker of this of, of this series, and, and yeah. he's relegated to like twelve minutes. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. dead, right? I mean, he vaporized. Uh, yeah, I yeah. he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember how he vaporized. That's the thing. Um, um, yeah, so, no, I don't know. I, think we, just, they, I mean, they, shit, they should hire us at Fox. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm better I pulled up it. on Yahoo movies right now, and I think this came out today. They released behind the scenes footage, and yeah, there's this is bizarre the scene with the apparent the Fantasticar. Yeah, that was another thing they left out of it. And there's all this green screen footage I'm looking at of like Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan like stumbling out of the car. Which makes you think that there was an action sequence with the car. Yeah. No, and you have it, to wonder. I don't know. This is this is why I think you might see a director's cut because this is like a full four days after the movie release. Yeah. And they just, and it's not even edited together. Have you watched it? No. It's just like straight B roll. It's very huh. strange. And they released it all, and they're like, "Yeah, here, here's what else we had. <laughs> World, here it is. Hey, we didn't. We you, you don't like this. You didn't like this. Do you, do you want to see this instead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, look. We can put this together. This is a little <laughs> teaser. If you want, we can re-release it later. This might get more views in the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, and there, there was that shot of like the thing jumping down from the sky. Yeah, like, uh, and that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, yeah. out of the plane. Yeah. And then yeah. there was the, you know, Miles Teller saying like, "When's he gonna get there?" He's like, "Oh, it'll be a few minutes or whatever." Yeah. Or the, when Miles Teller says, "I know what's coming." Doom. That makes me believe that there is some sort of communication between Doctor Doom and um, Reed Richards at a certain point in this film. Because during the year, yeah, during yeah, that year, right. because in when he's in the woods, he's building or in the jungle, he's building something. He's building. I don't know what he's building, but I assume another teleporter because he wants to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it begs the question: Where the hell did Doctor Doom get that cloak? <laughs> Yeah. That was yeah. It's like th- there are a lot of things that's just like what I don't understand. I don't. I don't and get he it. Makes it like the point of like oh, I want to talk to him first. 
Mm-hmm. Like, right, right. Like there yeah. is something to talk about. Yeah, he's like nobody other. talks to him until I do. Yeah. It's like well, and that's the whole problem. There's something missing. There is something completely missing from this story that needed to be in there, and for some reason they didn't like it. I don't know. I would be very interested to see a director's cut. I really hope it comes out. They might. It might even benefit them too because they want to get hyped for the next movie. If they if they put together a cut of this movie that is really really good in a kind of Blade Runner fashion, right, where, like, retroactively people love it, mm-hmm. which I have a feeling that this movie's going to end up being like that. I think down the line, whatever happens to this franchise, people are going to look back at this movie and say, you know, kind of yeah, like... Yeah, it had a lot of problems. It got messed up. It got tampered with by studios who thought the, they knew what right. they wanted. It's the way I see a lot of, like, Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movies, like three of them, you know, the ones that it's not golden eyes. Like... I see the good in that movie. <laughs> the ones like that the are the dark whole night. <laughs> like I, I see the good in that movie, but I also see where the studio took over, you know? Yeah, yeah. And MGM or Eon, whatever. But I don't know. What did you guys, what was your favorite part of it? Like, what was what was awesome? It's got to be something. I think I like the Doctor Doom terror, like, horror scene where yeah. he's just killing everybody. Yeah. Because that, that was, was intense. Scary. I that was intense. Away, yeah. and, I, and even leading up to that, when they, like, they see him in Planet Zero or the Negative Zone or whatever like it's called, walking. and he's slowly walking towards it. That was scary. Like it's all pretty scary. I mean, I don't that that stood out to me. I always remember like he's he for a PG thirteen movie. He is think he is making these people's heads explode with his mind. With yeah. his mind, crazy. That is insane. Yeah, for a PG thirteen movie. And other than that, I did kind of like the scene. Where um, Reed Richards fights those soldiers when he's captured, mm-hmm. that was like a good, a cool glimpse of like what we might what see next. Are, yeah. What we might see next, but we never see that. And, and uh, yeah, that that was cool. And but that's that was pretty much it. There wasn't, it wasn't much. Yeah, I mean, and that's what's unfortunate about it. Because if it was a more, you know. Um, complete film, I, they would probably stick out more because I'd remember what caused what and what led to what. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I I I don't want to like dog on this movie because I think it's gotten like enough of that. And I mean, like we said, it's really not. There's something good in there somewhere, but it, it is really hard to pick out <laughs> a good scene that I liked. Uh, well, I liked. So I don't know. I, I liked. Um, I think it's all. It's weird to say that it's like almost stronger as a whole. Like the first, you know, hour or so. Like I like the first hour. I do like the. Yeah. First that's, I like that's the first hour, hour for the most that's part. That's what yeah. I like. I mean, I like the way it like slowly builds. I like a slow burn, especially mm-hmm. with a superhero movie that not powers right off the bat, mm-hmm. and we actually get to delve into the characters. I like. I mean, I just like the the little scenes more so than. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I really liked the. I just, I liked the, the. I, I liked how subtle the characters were. I liked how, like, because they, they are scientists, and they weren't the best. My favorite part, besides uh, Michael B. Jordan, but that's his character, right? That his character's supposed to be like, you know, the the Chris Evans in the original one. He's supposed to be like a player and like yeah, yeah. happy-go-lucky cool guy like but the rest of them you know they're not suave and i love that yeah they're, they're like really like it, it was awkward like i could feel the the tension between um reed and sue in a good way i was like oh that's kind of like that's that is like charming because they're both mm-hmm. geeks and they're both just brainiacs and like they don't have a lot of social skills but you can tell they kind of like each other although I, on top of that i didn't like um doom's like was it Victor? Victor's, uh, the just the his like view on the world was very like high school got like angst, or it was just like oh CIA is going to get in control of that and blah, blah blah. It was just always like a government conspiracy. And yeah, it, it just came off as like really whiny and like, all right. Oh, there was parts of him I was like, yeah, I did oh, like. I can, I can agree with what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I right could there. agree. Like, I, I yeah. like, I like one character to be deep and brooding and depressing. Like, I, it was, I, but even. The brooding it just felt a little shallow to me. We didn't learn enough about we didn't learn enough about why he why, burned yeah, right. the servers. And right, right. All of this could have been avoided if Franklin hadn't have hired him back. And because he's a loose cannon man, <laughs> right. he's just sticking his hand in glowing electric green goo. 
Like, let's you, stick something like a... Do we have a rod to put in yeah. there first? It's like, <laughs> hey, we should go back. No, let's scale down this 50-foot cliff. <laughs> <laughs> We're prepared for this. Yeah, we don't know what could happen. We're let's so, scale down this. We've had training yeah. in rock climbing. <laughs> and let me stick my hands in this. And he sticks his hand in it, and he's like, immediately knows what's going on. Yeah, he's like, it's so feeding weird. off energy. Yeah. It's like, what? That, that was my... I guess that's my main complaint when it comes to dialogue. It's like, a lot of the stuff is stupid, and the stuff... And what they say, like, in regards to it, is just as stupid. It's like a kid's... It's almost like a like a kid's Saturday morning superhero cartoon. <laughs> it's like very spelling it out for but People you. wanted more of that. That's the thing. It's like... I don't know. You know, you can't have it each way. Or you can't have it both ways. Or you can, but it's rare, right? It's rare you get a movie that's fun and, you know, serious and, like you know scientific and campy right like it's very rare you get I something like that that and is the problem that that is pretty campy but then you got like the horror elements right, of him getting like right. swallowed by this green stuff and mm-hmm. just dissolving well, right. in front of and your I, eyes i wouldn't be surprised if that was an adr thing at the end of post-production where they're like well are people can understand what's going on here well yeah have him say it's feeding off energy <laughs> I, mean, I, really, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. i don't know his well, biochemistry is off the charts what you know? You know the, the one, the, the one little uh, qu- quirky thing I thought about this when they're looking for Reed and they're like tracking his IP address and like the emails that he sent. Yeah, I really wanted them to be like, he's watching a lot of porn <laughs> <laughs> and like porn with like he's looking for very specifically um, contortionist, odd, odd, porn. Oddly, oddly proportioned humans, <laughs> contortionist porn, <laughs> flexible uh, position, flexible position. <laughs> Um, I always knew that guy was a creep. <laughs> fantastic porn. All right. Well, now let's. Here's here's the heart. You know, one star, two star, three star, good, bad, all that stuff. Here's the biggest question. And let's let's act like no other movies coming out this weekend. Would you recommend it? Because I, I imagine most people are going to go see Straight Outta Compton this weekend. But that wasn't coming out. Would you recommend people to go see I, this movie? I would only recommend it to people who understand. I'm gonna make that's it easier. Stupid! That, that's I'm, gonna, I'm, wait, wait, I'm gonna make it easier for you. Yes or no? I'm serious. No. Okay. No. Conviction. No. No. Yes, I would. I would. There, too. I, I would too. There's a caveat to it. I would too. Uh, yes, I, I would. think that maybe it's benefiting from this press in the sense that it makes for really good discussion. I can't wait. All my friend, all my comic book friends are about to see this movie. Hopefully, they weren't gonna, and now I want them to go see it. Just because I want to have a few beers and, t- and talk about it with people. Because yeah. it is an interesting conversation of like. How a movie is obviously good and then doesn't end up being good. I mean, it's it's a very fascinating anatomy okay. of such a. Concept. Then I can agree with you. I would say yes on that point because even like your average popcorn inhaling, you know, dummy who's going to watch this movie will be able to tell like when it goes bad. Yeah, I agree. And if they can, if they can form sentences. <laughs> okay. They can form you know a thought and and like determine why it's messed up um but i was saying like if you are into film as much as we are you will see it clearly i think you'll have kind of a similar a similar opinion right. i mean your 13 to 15 year olds are going to think it's amazing no matter what or they're going to think it was stupid no matter what but which is i think the 13 to 15 year old range is where people i think 10 years from now are going to be like that movie was awesome what are you guys talking about which happens all the time in film, yeah, right? It's like, I mean, we'll people, rewatch it. People have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you watched it? It's like um, Matrix Reloaded. That movie was sick. Well, it's I, true. I, it's I, true. I, we all have skewed opinions because of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it matters where you are and who you are when you see a movie. I would say I like this better than Ant Man. <laughs> No. I would say that. No way. I was pretty fucking hard on Ant Man. I don't know if I, would, I don't know if I would say that, but I think that it was maybe. I enjoyed myself more I, in this movie. I don't, movie than I don't think I enjoyed myself more than Ant Man or, or or Ultron, but I might say that it was more interesting for me to watch it than Ultron. Yeah, because um, I had thought about it. And a you talk lot. about a movie that's completely ridiculously poorly paced and structured. Yeah. I and mean, Ultron was really <laughs> like it was like a clinic and not how to write a uh-huh. script in my mind. Yeah. But for opposite for like opposite reasons, right? Yeah. Where there's like this just doesn't feel more like action script, scenes, like that, right? And I don't know, but I don't know. I, it, I just I just don't think it's that bad. It's I not can't. any. It's not that much worse than any other superhero movie that's come out this year. Well, I can. You it's know, really not. I, when I when I first saw this and talked to my comic book friends, I, w- I was like listing the comic book movies that are worse than this. I can list ten right now. You know what I mean? It's like 
it's just not that bad. <laughs> like, it's not worse than Spider-Man 3. It's not worse than the first Fantastic Four. It's not worse than Batman and Robin. It's not worse than Batman Forever. I mean, there's a bunch yeah. of movies that are just not as good I as this. It's just It just stands out as being so bad because of that third act. I know. But and I'm just, and, and that, that really taints a movie because you don't get that resolution. Yeah. You don't get that resolution that you wanted that was set up in the no, beginning. I, I mean, I, I get it. I just... I mean, you get them all just like... Ne- like but hard the, line the, negotiating with the with the military and the Pentagon, and then they're walking down like a, a, a like corridor or whatnot. And he's like, "Man, we we need a name." And there's just this really awful, cringe-inducing scene where they're talking about like, "What should we name ourselves?" Yeah. It's like you see it. Coming I don't know, a mile but it's fantastic. Yeah, say that again. But it was. Co- I mean, I think say it again. That's why you got the people in the audience clapping because people are like, "Yeah, it's all coming together." I can't wait for the sequel. I, I mean, almost had an. I almost had an aneurysm. It's so unfortunate because, <laughs> like you said, it's like, "Oh yeah, it's all coming together." Now we can start the fucking movie. No, but you know, but you're right. It's like, yeah, it did seem that way. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. I think it would have been. They would have been better off if they just. Maybe the next time you introduce Fantastic Four is just put them in the X Men movie or something. I yeah, well no, they, they might that might yeah. serve them well, but they, you know that whole franchise is kind. Of, I think coming to it, I think they might reboot that in a few years too. Because <laughs> it's like there's like this is like the last of a third of the second trilogy, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens with with X Men. I'm sorry, you cannot have X Men without Wolverine, and you cannot have Wolverine without Hugh Jackman. Sorry. Yeah, well, sorry about it's it. Coming to an end. Happen, <laughs> I don't want any more. Oh man, it's like Mission Impossible. And it's Tom like Mission Cruise. Impossible. It's like Indiana Jones. Yeah, some some actors do just uh, eat up their. Uh... He's Wolverine. <laughs> he is Wolverine. I agree with you, and he can do it until he wants to. I don't, you know. Hashtag my Wolverine. Hashtag my Wolverine. Yeah, he's been Wolverine for over 15 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. He is my Wolverine. <laughs> All right, we end every episode, fantastic or not, with um, video on demand recommendations. Be it Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, HBO Go. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys recommending to our listening audience this week? I want it, and I tried all the streaming services to look and see if um, Josh Trank's uh, Chronicle was on any type of streaming, and I was going to recommend that because I really like that movie, and it's one of my favorite superhero movies to be released in the past ten years. You can. Um, so I'm I'm gonna do like a side recommendation to say rent that movie okay, and yeah, pay old school get Netflix to ship it to you or or I mean just pay the three ninety nine on Apple to watch right, a movie right. and it's I mean it's worth it it's entertaining it's mm-hmm. fun and it's all like found footage but it's done really well um so that one but my actual streaming pick is totally different it's uh, Secretary starring James mm. Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal on. HBO to go, hell yeah, the original Mr. Gray. That's right. His name in this movie is Gray. And so is Christian Gray. Interesting. I think someone lifted that name. But it's the original Office S&M film um, that delves way more into the psyche of what S&M and punishment and submissive behaviors can be. It's fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen it in a few years, but I remember seeing it and just being awakened to like <laughs> I don't want to say a world of possibilities, <laughs> but uh, to like a school, not lose anything wrong. Yeah, that. of course not, but a total different school of thought and like what this type of exploration of sexuality can be. Um, it's a really great movie. Check it out. It's on HBO. I've seen scenes from that movie. <laughs> Mitch, what are you recommending? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to recommend scenes from Secretary. Um, uh, First, I'm going to recommend it's not, it's reality TV. Uh, Hard Knocks premiered last night. Oh, yeah. uh, Because football season's coming up. Oh, God. Lions play tomorrow. Can you believe that? That's right. Um, Against the quarterbackless Jets. Uh, (laughs) Wait, by the way, wait, really quick. Did you hear that, uh, like, uh, Miles Teller and Geno Smith, the Jets quarterback, got punched in the face, broke his jaw at practice uh-huh. this week. Yeah. Um, Miles Teller tweeted or something and said something like, I thought I was having a bad week. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Miles. You're supposed to be like, let's go here. It's a good movie. All right. What, so what are you recommending? Hard Knocks? Um, Hard Knocks, I just watched the first episode. Um, there are usually four, four episodes uh, leading up to um, the first week of the NFL. And it's good. It follows the Houston Texans, and they're um, on the up and up. 
um, with a new coach and everything. Um, other than that, uh, I finished my like uh, arduous process of writing reviews for BoJack Horseman on the Woodward site, and I have to recommend that show again. Um, I think it's really, really funny. Uh, some of the best animation since, well, shoot, since like just a couple years ago with Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman running strong. Very good animation. Very funny. Very smart. Dark. They're very similar in a sense. Yeah. Um, very dark human stories. So. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes of uh, BoJack this week, and I, I liked it a lot. It wasn't yeah. like it, like you say; it wasn't like ha 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 funny. Yeah, but there's a but lot of a, good lines. Like, yeah, really no, funny it's very lines. smart. Yeah, for sure. So cool. watch that. I think it's very funny. If you like animated sitcoms, you'll like that show. Cool. I think this one of you or both of you might have recommended this before. But I watched it this week. I watched they came together. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and uh, Netflix God I, I don't know I can see why some people wouldn't like that movie but I, it's just right up my alley uh-huh. totally hilarious like spot on makes fun of romantic comedies and it's like honestly the first 20 minutes if you didn't know you'd be like oh this is just the romantic comedy because it's so like it's just it's it, it takes all the, the pieces that you normally see and especially a 90s New York romantic comedy is mm-hmm. basically what it's making fun of so it's by the book spot, spot on I yeah. love it I think it's great I the, was, that I was bar scene where he's in the bar yeah. had me rolling oh with, with the bartender yeah. about yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly my kind of humor <laughs> yeah, so. exactly um, so it's great so that's what I'm recommending cool <laughs> Um, cool. Well, that about does it this week for our uh, Fantastic Four show. Um, as always, please hit us up on Twitter at WoodwardsDET or email us at WoodwardsFilmCast at gmail.com. I especially I want to hear from people about this film if you've seen it because I really am just curious. Because you know the people in this room are the only three people I've heard that thought it was okay, not not a piece of shit. So <laughs> I wanted I just want to know if anyone else out there thinks that yeah, it's a pretty good movie or. If, if someone if, thinks this is really they, good, I yeah. would love to hear that. Or too. if they just understand what's wrong with it, right. <laughs> I don't know. know. I, I'm, 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 I want to hear from you guys, so put that out there. Um, we'll, we'll we're going to try to do this next week again. With I think we're going to see at least straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? And then yes. we'll um, we'll see. If we might do another movie. Okay. Um, but Maybe. for uh, Mitch and Colin, I'm Kale. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week on the Woodward's Filmcast. Bye, bye, guys. See ya. The thing. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? (laughs) It's a superhero secret. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production. Your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk.